New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Back for another edition of the Osmo MMA Strategy Show. is here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 48, which goes down on Saturday inside the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, headlined by a light heavyweight matchup between Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill. Also on this card, you got uh, Dawkins against Pickett, a fight that came together last week. Of course, it's a fight card that has gone through multiple changes over the last week. Of course, card that was initially supposed to be headlined by RDA and Raphael Faziv. That fight got moved to next month due to visa issues on the Faziv side of the equation. Of course, yesterday we lost the main event for next week's card as Mahajev was supposed to be taking on Benil Daryush. Benil Daryush Got a uh, nasty injury in training. Now Bobby Green steps up to take that fight uh, against Islam Mahachev in a catchweight bout of 160 pounds. So, so much to discuss here. Of course, uh, we're going to break this one down for you. Of course, we're sponsored by Prize Picks. Talk about Prize Picks later on in the show. Of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, we come in here following last week's UFC 271. You know, we got to give you your roses. You know, landing that Douglas Silva de Andrade. Look, wasn't looking very good in the first round. Was not looking very good at all in the first round. He suffers that cut, which I'm just like, oh, man, because I just had so much uh, Andrade all over the place. Uh, but, hey, it's Texas. They let anything go. And uh, but kudos to you in calling that one. Of course, uh, last week, uh, you also hit on Jacob Malkoon, uh, as we only had uh, three fighters, 8,000 or less, that ended up getting a win last week. Jacob Malkoon going out there and scoring 129 DraftKings points, the second highest score of the slate last week, only behind Ronnie Lawrence, 131, which uh, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, you know what? I, I know there's some people on the score chat that may, may not be as big of fans of James Cross Jim as we are, but you just got a little James Cross says to Mama Martinez, hey, man, just go out there and throw. Just go out there and throw. And by God, he almost pulled off an insane come from behind victory. Yes, sir. What's going on, everybody? It was a great week last week. Um, you know, we, we hit on Andrage, and that's that's how MMA is, right? Like one round or, or one sequence in an MMA fight does not define, you know, the entire fight, usually. Uh, that's why we always say the better fighter doesn't always win an MMA fight. Sometimes you get caught. Sometimes you get caught in submissions or you get caught on the feet. And the more skilled guy doesn't necessarily always win. So trying to predict MMA is extremely, very, extremely difficult. But Andrade came through last week and uh, he has dynamite in those hands. And his uh, Achilles heel has always been his wrestling. Um, we also hit on Kyler Phillips submission prop, which was pretty dope. That was awesome. Came through in the third round. Uh, all in all, just, you know, taking these, these, these great moments on cards like this and, and trying to keep the momentum going forward. And 
happy to see all the screenshots and people cashing and, and shouting us out and all that. But we got another, you know, excellent card ahead of us. Well, I shouldn't say excellent card, right? Like, you know, that's just me being the UFC fanboy, always just saying how much I enjoy fights. This is a pretty terrible card, but it's an excellent opportunity to take advantage of some lines and, uh, you know, f- find some some edges on this card. And I think that we can definitely locate them. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, in, in relation to something you said there, the, the more talented fighter may not always win. Right. Like, I'll look at the co-main event last week. I, I think we would all agree. I think Derek Lewis is the more talented fighter. Um, and, I mean, look, he, you know, there, you know, Tatu Vasa took some incredible punches, but you My know goodness. what? You, you, you land that one shot, the short elbow, man, night night is over for you there. But uh, hopefully we can land on some bigger ones. I know Casey O'Neill, if you took her last week, especially over in Fandle in the MVP spot, she really uh, cashed in well there. But, of course, we're here to talk about this one. Main event is Johnny Walker taking on Jamal Hill. Johnny Walker, 7,200, 9,000 for Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, uh, two and a half to one betting favorite in this one. I mean, when, when you think about Pete with the narrative of Johnny Walker over the past couple of years, it's been a guy in – I would use the word transition. And what I mean by that, this is a guy that has transferred from gym to gym, uh, trained down Brazil, ends up uh, going to TriStar. You know, now he's been training at SBG. I mean, look, I, if you're going up against Jamal Hill, he's not necessarily the fighter I would want to pick against Jamal Hill because, I mean, look, if I'm looking to pick someone against Jamal Hill, it's someone who I believe will go to take down route. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think this fight's extremely interesting. And uh, Johnny Walker's previous performance against Tiago Santos was somewhat of a stinker. I don't think many people thought that that was going to go the distance. I sure didn't. And uh, I don't know, like all, all this jumping around from gym to gym can definitely hurt a fighter's career because there's no consistency. Um, and it could be a, a situation where they're not owning up to their own mistakes or they're constantly pointing the finger or trying to just find the, the perfect recipe for success, which I understand you got to train with the best guys. I just think SBG is just such a strange gym for a big guy. Like, I just feel like that is such a strange gym. Um, obviously you want to have like a, a, a good mentor there, which you do, but you also had one in Faraz Zahabi at TriStar. So it's just extremely interesting to me. Um, as far as stylistically, I think that Johnny Walker makes a ton of mistakes and his recklessness has been the result of a lot of his success. Like he's caught people because he's extremely unorthodox. And when he's, you know, it seems like he's starting to calm down a little bit. And now you're starting to see that his skills aren't like really up to par. It's his aggressiveness that led to a lot of his success. Um, he, he definitely packs a punch. He definitely has a knockout chance in this fight, even though we haven't seen Jamal Hill really suffer that at all um but i'll tell you what his chin is just a complete liability and even if you go back and you look at the ryan span fight like i i was on ryan span in that fight because i i like the the power that span possesses i also like the takedown upside and the submission upside that span had and unfortunately you know he wasn't able to find the finish in that situation yet he knocked down um johnny walker multiple times and they didn't even really look like big shots so um, I, I think a guy who can really just channel in some correct combinations. I think that, uh, you know, Jamal Hill is the guy that can do it. Uh, I know that I wasn't on Jamal Hill in a previous performance um, against Jim Crute just because of the grappling upside of Jim Crute and how we saw Paul Craig capitalize on a situation like that. But in a, in a stand-up affair, he has all the skills in the world. And I really don't trust Johnny Walker's chin at this point. But as far as like underdogs this week, Jason, I really think it's absolutely ugly. 
Um, there aren't too many that I'm too fond of. We'll get to a guy that I'm going to plant my flag on. And it's going to be this week's uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade and, and hopes that he can really come through for us. But uh, I'll, I'll have limited exposure to Johnny Walker. I really think Jamal Hill knocks him out. Hmm. Just looking at underdogs and that might be. I bet you won't nail it. I bet you will not nail it. We'll, we'll see when two, we get there. There's two names that jump out to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, one one of them might be if you have Northeast biased. Um, the other one, um, you know, is a guy that's been around for a while. So we'll see whether I'm I'm right or not okay. uh, on that one. You know, the one thing also, I mean, you mentioned about the chin issues there with, with Johnny Walker. I mean, look, when he has got the wins, it's been quick. But if you look at his most recent fight, the five round decision loss to Tiago Santos, this is what also I think concerns you if you're looking to to put Johnny Walker in your lineup. Only landed 44 strikes in a 25 minute fight he did uh or excuse me 48 uh strikes he landed that fight uh he did stop a takedown in, in that one but that lack of volume is, is very concerning um even in a 25 minute fight even at a seven thousand price tag and to me this main event is a lot kind of like last week it's it's not a main event that i'm going to prioritize uh in my lineups obviously i'm going to get to um each of these fighters in, in multi-entry lineups because I, I you know i do try to get to um pretty much everyone except of you know certain situations but that to me is is a little concerning when we talk about the lack of volume there of course uh if you uh we appreciate everyone that's here on a Thursday afternoon. Watch us live here on YouTube, or maybe if you're watching us after the fact, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. We always appreciate to see those likes. Also, you're not subscribed also right here on YouTube. Do that as well. Got a ton of great shows for you each and every day. Of course, coming up after us will be the NHL strategy shows. The guys, to get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. And of course, uh, today's free premium data and tools over Osmo.com. If you're not an Osmo Plus member, our NBA ownership projections and NHL player projections also be sure to take advantage of the podcast giveaway we got going on right now. Head over to that awesome MMA. Well, because, well, I'm just going to be a little biased here. Head to that awesome MMA podcast channel. Hit that five-star review. Leave uh, your Twitter uh, handle and also, or awesome username, and you'll be registered into winning a free month of also plus platinum. So be sure to check out that. I always do love those five-star rating and reviews let's move over to the co-main event as a matchup that just came together over the last week or so kyle Dawkins taking on jamie pickett kyle Dawkins, uh pre uh nearing a three to one betting favorite in this one against jamie pickett jamie pickett is one of those guys i just pete i feel like i can never peg this guy right in a fight i feel like i'm always basically going against them more than anything else uh kyle Dawkins, 8800 on DraftKings, 7400 for jamie pickett of course as we do this show pricing on FanDuel has not come out yet so we'll see where uh, the pricing ends up there yet. But I I'll tell you kind of a, a hint on the prize picks. Uh, I am looking at that takedown prop of Kyle Dawkins. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I love Kyle Dawkins. And I actually like Kyle Dawkins more than Chris as, as far as upside, just because I think like, yeah, he's not a knockout guy, but he's, I think he's the more skilled brother. I think that he really relies on his grappling a lot more than his brother, obviously. Um, I think that he's a long, massive guy for the division, big, big Southpaw. And, um, you know, he, he can switch things up, which I think is, you know, always going to work to his advantage, especially in a situation here against Jamie Pickett, who new on curiosity stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. 
Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yeah, admittedly, I'm not high on. Uh, you know, he came through in his last fight. That's fine. Um, he's not beating Kyle Dawkins. I'm pretty confident that he's not beating Kyle, uh, Kyle Dawkins. I like Dawkins here with the takedown upside and even the submission upside. Um, I know that Jamie Pickett has improved, and Jamie Pickett's no no slouch. I wouldn't label him a slouch on the mat. I just think that Kyle Dawk is just going to be a step ahead and his positional awareness is incredible. Uh, his boxing combinations, it forces a lot of people to clinch with him, and just his big, big body frame really works to his advantage. And uh, he takes the back pretty well against a lot of people. So I, I could definitely see a fight where Kyle Dawkins has high control time, solid takedowns, um, maybe limited significant strikes, which is kind of like the, the one knock against him in fights. Like he doesn't really go towards vicious, vicious grounded pound. That was difficult to say. And uh, I, I think that Kyle Dawkins can can work towards a finish here at 8,800. I, I think that he's going to be a solid piece for a lot of my lineups. And uh, um, I'm pretty confident he gets the win here. By the way, did you see the fighter who proclaimed to have the best ground and pound uh, in the UFC? Was that Connor? I, I was kind yeah. of scrolling past something yesterday. Did he? I didn't read the post. I have to go back and read it. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, Connor. Oh, Connor. No, he knows I, how to keep himself in the news. Just saying. Yeah, Just saying. He, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think like as far as like props, I think Kyle Dawkins via submission, I think it sits at like plus 250. And uh, we have seen um, Jamie Pickett get submitted by Charles Bird. Um, and just, you know, even throughout his amateur career, like I, I think it's a situation where Kyle Dawkins can capitalize. But uh, inside the distance is, is a little sneaky one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the things of when you look at the stats of Jamie Pickett, as you look at his fights in the Contender Series and his fights in the UFC, the one fight that does stick out to you is the matchup on Contender Series against Punaheli Soriano, which, I mean, look, we don't look at Punaheli Soriano as someone who's a takedown artist by any stretch. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that you think of what he can do on the feet with his kickboxing he got three takedowns in that fight. So I think that, um, you know, we'll talk about that that number on prize picks here in a little bit, but uh, it's two takedowns for Kyle Dawkins. Um, I think if you believe yeah, that more. Jamie Pitt, if Jamie Pickett can survive, um, you know, more than a round, round and a half, I mean, I don't know how you don't take the over on that one. I, I have yeah. no idea how you don't. That's a situation where today I, I would target that line because I can see that approaching three, three and a half come Saturday. Yeah, and I, I always say over at Price Picks, mm. when you see those lines early in the week, and by the way, one of the things I will be looking, I haven't seen props over there at Price Picks yet. We've got a Bellator card on Saturday too, and uh, especially on the uh, prelims, I, I, I target those props on the prelims because I understand what the prelims are. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's definitely favored towards the favorites and uh, some mm -hmm. some mismatches throughout. You saying there might be a, a local favorite returning to Bellator that you might want to target on your gambling side of the equation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He might've dabbled within my gym a couple of times throughout this training camp and he's actually <laughs> looking really good. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Brendan Ward. I, I hope that, 
you know, he, he comes back in spectacular fashion. He's been working with some of my guys and he's going to be a, a, a piece within our, within our team as well going forward. Yeah, of course, that's uh, one of the things we'll talk about price picks here later on in the show. Let's move on to the next matchup. we got a heavyweight matchup. Uh, a local Northeast fire there from Pizza Range is Parker Porter. He's a minus 265 betting favorite. He's taking on Alan Boudot, who is plus 215, 8,900 for Parker Porter, 7,300 for Alan Boudot. Uh, can you talk me off of just not making Parker Porter a staple in my lineups this week? No, I can't. And the reason I can't is because Parker Porter has shown that he's, uh, you know, he's game within the UFC and he's fought some, I, I'd say, decently strong competition. Uh, obviously, debuting against Chris Dawkins, uh, that did not go well. Uh, but look what Dawkins has done to basically the rest of the division outside of Derek Lewis, um, getting a win over Josh Parisian and following that up against Chase, Chase Sherman, um, you know, getting takedowns, high significant strike totals. Uh, landed 126 significant strikes, two takedowns against Parisian, 149 uh, significant strikes against Sherman, one takedown against Sherman. I'm telling you what, man, I think Parker Porter probably finds his first finish within the UFC. And it's because Alain Badeau is not the most skilled fighter in the world, um, likes to strike, can definitely find himself a just 5% chance landing something unorthodox, being wild. Uh, it's, it's heavyweight MMA. And uh, his unorthodox techniques can definitely lead to a knockout that shouldn't happen. But more often than not, Parker Porter is going to land strikes at will. Good leg kicks. He's uh, pretty strong for the division as well. So he can mix in takedowns and he's got under underrated grappling. So uh, I think that he can get this done whichever way he chooses uh, inside the distance is something that I think is extremely sneaky. A guy looking to get his first career uh, UFC finish. I mean, within a division like that, now you're talking about a three-fight win streak. He can start getting match, uh, matched up with some other, you know, decent heavyweights going forward. Like, I don't think Parker Porter's bad at all. If you look at his his record, um, he's lost to John Jones, uh, knockout loss to Josh Diekman, uh, fought Gabriel Gonzaga, was submitted. Like, I mean, through the regional scene, I've known Parker Porter for a while, like in, in New England. Like, he's just very stable and steady and has good cardio for the division as well. So I, I think that this is like a absolute smash spot. But like we always say, the better fighter doesn't always win and something stupid could happen. So I'm not going to be playing a Lombardo, but if you want to just kind of play him because it's heavyweight MMA, anything could happen. But I, I fully expect Park Porter to get a finish. You mentioned about Parker Porter seeking his first UFC win via stoppage. You look at his two UFC wins, yeah. both decision wins. He has scored 100 points in both of those matchups. And in, in the Parisian fight, scoring 106, uh, where he had 126 significant strikes, two takedowns, over four minutes of control time, and a total of 164 strikes landed. In that Chase Sherman fight, 100 points, where he uh, had 149 significant strikes, a takedown, two minutes of control time, and 159 yeah. strikes. So it just kind of shows that even a decision and at that price point, He's still a guy that you can look at as a triple-digit score, and he's just somebody that, to me, is going to be a staple. I will probably be over the field uh, in terms uh, in Same. terms of, of the rest of the field here, but uh, you know, there, there's not a ton of fighters I look at this week that um, I would say I have as much confidence like I do uh, in Parker Porter, and a lot of it, to me, is about the opponent that he is facing. Of course, this is the Osmo MMA Strategy Show. Do want to let you know about a promo we got going on right now for Osmo Plus NASCAR coverage, of course, 
The Daytona 500 is on Sunday. Myself and, and Chris will be here on Sunday to get you ready for NASCAR live before lock. You got to take advantage of the promo we got going on right now where you can get a season-long Osmo Plus NASCAR pass for less than $2 per race this season. That's $70 for a full year of Osmo Plus NASCAR covers, gives you pass, gives you access to driver projections, ownership projections, top driver tools to give you the edge you need in NASCAR DFS. Be sure to use a promo code green flag at checkout. This offer is valid through Sunday. So uh, they got the millionaire contest over there all over on DraftKings. So myself and Chris will be here on Sunday, I believe at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, maybe 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I, I just know. Sunday afternoon, I will be live here on Osmo with Chris breaking down NASCAR Daytona 500, the kickoff to the uh, official start of the NASCAR season. Of course, you had that race there at the LA Coliseum there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Let's move on to the next matchup. And let me just ask you mentioned about there's an underdog that you're going to be on. I said I got one or two guys. Is one of them Jim Miller? So Jim Miller's not the guy I'm planting my flag on. Okay. But what I will say is I think that these odds should be more towards a pick them. So there is value on Jim Miller. I will be including Jim Miller in like my long shot pool, but let's be real. He's getting old for the division. Um, he doesn't really have the best cardio for the division. Um, I think that there's tremendous takedown upside in this matchup against Nicholas Mata, who um, hasn't really showed the best wrestling defense and submission defense uh, throughout his entire career. And, you know, he has been finished as well. And we, we do have Jim Miller coming off a nice finish, but more often than not, you have Nicholas Mata being brought into Rafael Dos Anjos's camp to emulate the game of Rafael Fazif. And what Rafael Dos Anjos can bring to the table is a better version of Jim Miller. So I, I think that Nicholas Mata is definitely getting strong looks in camp. I don't know how that's going to translate into the cage, into the octagon, because training is training. But you are fighting a guy with, with you know, what, the most UFC fights or something like that. And, uh, you know, Jim Miller's experience, he even talked about it in an interview. He said, you know, he's had two camps for Nicholas Motto already. And in the first one, they, they worked on a ton of things. So now they really went back to the well. And I would imagine it's a lot of grappling, staying on the outside and banging mm -hmm. with a with a guy who possesses some really dynamite in his hands. And Nicholas Mata is not, you know, a recipe for success. Now, Miller's been pretty tough to put away um, for, you know, if you go throughout his entire career. I'm going to have Miller in plenty of lineups because underdogs are ugly this week. But uh, I'm going to still lean towards Nicholas Mata just because of the youth and being brought in for Rafael Dos Anjos' camp. I, I think that can only help him in a fight like this. But, uh, man, round one, submission prop. Round one grappling upside of Jim Miller. It's there, man. He can land takedowns. It's just, can his cardio, you know, can he sustain a pace throughout 15 minutes if this gets stretched out? I'm pretty confident he's going to win round one. It's just outside of that. How does the rest of the fight go? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for Mata, it's about can he keep this fight on the feet? And by the way, that Miller via submission plot prop uh, plus 350, uh, of course, based on, on what sports book you're at there, maybe get a little right. bit different uh, line on, on that one, but it looks uh, anywhere from 300 to plus 350 is what you got there. Uh, Jim Miller, 39th UFC fight. Pete, when you had made your MMA professional debut, Jim Miller had already had 12 fights in the UFC 
For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damn. Yeah, man, he's a he's a legend. Like, when, when a company sticks with a guy and he's been around forever and he's fought the the title contenders, uh, the, the young upcoming guys, and he's had, you know consistent and inconsistent success throughout the UFC, like patches. Obviously he was a lot better in his younger eight, you know, younger days, but all in all, he's a tough out and he's a tough fighter to go up against, especially in your UFC debut. Um, man, Jim Miller, absolute stud. I, I would love nothing more than for him to pull off the victory here. And at his price point with the tremendous takedown upside, I think that, you know, he, he needs to be included in some of your lineups, especially your long shot pool. If you're using the fantasy crunch tool over on awesome.com. I mean, it's one of those things, I think, in terms of GPPs and, and looking at that, the the under 8,000 fighters. Right. Jim Miller's got to be one of those guys you're looking at because you, if Jim Miller goes out there and gets the win, you're expecting that it's going to be – I, I don't expect it to be a three-round decision. I expect it to be a stoppage, and, and I think if Jim Miller wins – you know, it's it's a high probability that he is going to be optimal. But I mean, look, the other part of this is Jim Miller's a name. There's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna recognize yep. that name. That's where you really gotta look at the at the ownership projection of where he may be. And uh looking at right now, uh yeah, it's a good leverage spot. Yeah. I I think I'd rank him probably my third favorite underdog on the slate. Uh next up we got a matchup uh as when I initially looked at this fight card, it was the one matchup that stuck out to me above all the other matchups. And that is Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razik Al Hassan. Al Hassan seventy nine hundred. Buckley eighty three hundred. Of course, you know we we've talked about since Buckley's come over to UFC. This is a completely different fighter yeah. than the guy that we saw in Bellator and, and on the regional scene. Just just a completely different fighter. Um, the one thing that did stick out to me, I saw it about two, probably two two and a half weeks ago. The fact that he was in the room there at Extreme Couture. Uh, uh, Eric Nixick had posted a picture of all these middleweight fighters. And, and he was in this picture, um, you know, and, and obviously I think that when you talk about the, the proper game plan for him here would be obviously to try to utilize that wrestling, get this fight to the ground, not to have a stand and bang type fight with Al Hassan, which for your Al Hassan, that's what he wants to do here. Al Hassan does not want to get into a wrestling grappling type fight. No, I, absolutely not. And uh, I, I view this matchup as an extremely volatile fight just because the loser in this situation could have single digit scores. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that either one of these guys can get knocked out. And obviously we've really only seen Al Hassan get destroyed once and it came against chaos Williams. Uh, outside of that, he's been outworked in a lot of his other losses and, you know, being outworked is a, is a cardio thing and uh, not having, the uh, the ability to keep up a pace and defend takedowns has been his Achilles heel throughout his career. And you even saw it against Munir Lazez. 
definitely saw it against Jacob Malkoon. Even if you go back and you, and you look at his fight against Omari Akhmedov, you know, that that's what lost him that fight as well is, is getting taken down when things are going well for you. It kind of kills your momentum in a fight and makes the round seem a lot closer in the judge's eyes. Now, uh, I don't really know if I can label Joaquin Buckley as a guy that I trust just because he's been knocked out multiple times now. And, um, you know, when you get knocked out against a guy in, in the Kiriko who isn't a prolific knockout artist, yes, it, it was a perfect shot. It landed. Um, but he was on wobbly legs a lot in that Antonio Ahoyo fight as well. And I didn't see like an ever improved, you know, defensive strategy out of him. Like he didn't get knocked out, but I'm telling you, he was wobbled multiple times. He got clipped with some knees. He got clipped with a head kick again, where his striking defense just was not corrected. And that's how he lost to DeKirico is from a head kick. And what do you have? You have Al Hassan coming off a, a head kick KO. So you try doing MMA math for this fight. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but I have to tell you that Al Hassan's probably my second favorite underdog on the slate. I like him here at 7,900. I think that he hits really hard. I am worried about him getting taken down and ragdolled throughout. That's why I'm not planting my flag on Al Hassan either. But I am I am going to lean in his direction just because I think a, a camp change to uh, you know elevation makes some sense for him. Uh, some stronger wrestlers there and also to really help him with his cardio. That's something where, you know, even in fights like against Munir Lazez, he was still live in the second and third round when he was absolutely exhausted, nearly knocked out Munir Lazez. And uh, I think if he could just, you know, have better coaching staff around him, which I think he does, he could definitely pull this out and knock out Joaquin Buckley. So I'm going to lean towards Al Hassan, but again, not a confident play. You're probably going to need one of these guys in the optimal lineup. You know, the, the concern I do have is if this thing does go 15 minutes and it's an Al Hassan win, I just don't think he's optimal at that price tag. Yep. Um, you know, he's to me, he's going to need a, a stoppage victory and probably, I mean, if, if it's a decision win, it's got a lot of volume, probably needs some knockdowns. You know, he's going to have to defend takedowns. Something to note, Joaquin Buckley uh, in the past has trained with Chaos Williams. Of course, Chaos Williams uh, did get a knockout win uh, against Al Hassan in 30 seconds. So how much can, you know, but I'm sure right. there's probably been some conversations there, but I would imagine that Extreme Couture coaching staff has probably been drilling into Buckley of, hey man, the best path of victory here is, is to test that uh, the ability to take the fight to the ground. So, um, you know, look, if you tell me one of these guys is optimal, I think it's more likely it's Buckley because of the takedowns. It's just a matter of if he does it or not, right? Yeah. Like uh, no question, on the regional yeah. scene and in Bellator, that's what he did. And then he came to the UFC and he wanted to make a name and, you know, debuted against Kevin Holland and the rest has been history and, and, and just going out there and aggressive you know, fashion. And, uh, it, it's a, it's an IQ thing as well. Like, yeah, you want to get bonuses, but there's also, you got to like solidify your spot on the roster too. Yeah. I think it's probably one of those things for him at this point is he, he understands that he has got to go out there and he has got to get a victory here, uh, in, in this one. But look, I, I think that you look at the price point, um, it, it has, a fight that has the potential to be a very fun fight to watch. We'll see how it does play out. Uh, next up, we got a matchup that uh, another fight change that we've seen over the last week or so uh, where Jonathan Pierce supposed to take on Austin Lingo. He now takes on Christian Rodriguez, 6,900 for Rodriguez, 9,300 for JSP. And uh, I mean, look, you have an undefeated fighter in Christian Rodriguez, but man, when you look at his last fight back just a month ago, it's always a warning of 
you took on a guy who was 19 and 36 in his career. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of like a lot of regional building is you'll see soft records going up against guys who are trying to climb the ladder, which is, uh, you know, it's a give and take where, you know, they, they get nice victories, but have they really been tested? And I, I think a guy in Jonathan Pierce is going to really, really test Rodriguez here just because Pierce comes from a very, very strong gym. And he might have some some of the best cardio I've seen to uh, to withstand a, a good pace. Tons of takedowns, tons of aggressiveness. Uh, he'll look for submissions. He'll look for ground and pound. You know, outside of that Joe Lozon fight, he has looked amazing. And uh, I, I think that he's really like hitting his stride. He's got a phenomenal camp that he's been with for for a solid amount of time. I think at ninety three hundred, the the price tag is absolutely justified. I like him here a lot. I love the upside. I think that Christian Rodriguez has plenty of skill, um, but primarily like in the striking department. And I don't think that Pierce is going to just allow this fight to play out on the feet. Pierce is going to mix in takedowns and try to ragdoll his opponents. He, he's done it to some solid competition against Kai Kamaka and uh, Omar Morales, which, you know, Omar Morales comes from a strong camp in Sanford MMA that they wrestle all the time. And Jonathan Pierce made it look like he didn't know how to wrestle six takedowns in that fight. So uh, I think JSP gets it done here. And I think that he has tremendous upside for the card. Other people can take shots on Rodriguez. It's not going to be me this week. I, I think that there's better matchups going forward. 6,900. Yeah, he's cheap, but I think Pierce is uh, the rightful favorite. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, you got to check out those props they have over there. I'm waiting for those Bellator props to get put up there because I'm going to tell you I'm going to be, uh, especially mm -hmm. any props that are on the prelims, prelim props. You got you to gotta take advantage over there. Of course, get one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum when you sign up deposit and play over at prize picks you'll receive an email within 24 to 40 hours to redeem your free month of Osmo plus platinum of course use that promo code Osmo for an instant first match deposit of up to 100 we talked about the takedown props over there docus to to me that's an over one the other one on on the takedowns piece that i do like is parker porter he's at one i like the over in that one as well I, I would agree with you. I just, man, but is so bad. It, it might only take one takedown, but we'll see. I mean, I wish it was like 0.5 because then it's an easy smash. Yeah. And the, the fight time, I, I would tell you, there was two that stuck out to me and they're both uh, over place for me as well. Over Jamal Hill, eight and a half. I think this fight's going to go a little longer. I, I'm kind of, I'm concerned that we might see a little bit of a staring contest between yeah. these two guys for a while. And the other one that I will tell you, uh, Buckley, seven and a half. I, I like the over that one as well. I'm with you on the first one, just because I think that Jamal Hill, he's going to be aggressive, but they're both going to pick their shots. And if we've seen anything from Johnny Walker, it's that he's trying to be a little bit more measured and patient, which I think can definitely hurt his career going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I would tell you this. Yeah, there, there's there's certain weeks I would tell you that there are certain props on Thursday that really jump my prize picks. There wasn't a ton that jumped out to me right yeah. now, um, but the the takedowns on on Porter and Dawkins were the two that that really stuck out to me um, in terms of that. But as I said, uh, when they do put some Bellator props up there, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention because <laughs> uh, you know there, there's uh, the uh, the the Bellator Force prelims. We know how they go. Mm -hmm. One way traffic <laughs> a lot of times. I'm just saying, I'm just saying a general rule of thumb, general rule of thumb. If you see some Bellator fight time props over there, 
over at Price Picks. Yeah, and his prelim fighters just hit the under. Don't even just blindly blindly hit the under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blindly hit that. Blindly hit that. Uh, And and by the way, just to note, if they do have a fight time prop up on the Bellator main event on Saturday, Bellator main events. All, all Bellator main events in 2022 are five round fights, no matter it's a non-title or title matchup. So something to pay attention to if you're thinking about they're over at Bellator, especially maybe you start seeing some over three and a half props. You're going to go, what? Yeah, that, that is a five round uh, t- um, non-title matchup between Neiman Gracie and, and Logan Story, which um, I'll be probably, there. Ends, probably ends up being on the feet because uh, I, don't, I don't think he, you know, First off, you don't want to go to the ground with Demon Gracie and Logan Storley. That's what he does the best. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be there, obviously. I got to coach my guy in a grappling match, and then I'm shooting right over to the Bellator and showing my support for the guys. So can't wait. Going to be a good card, and then – uh yeah, it's going to be a busy Saturday. We'll do the show what time, and then I got a jet right out. Three o'clock. Three o'clock, man. I got a jet. Yeah, I was uh, I was contemplating coming up there for that fight, uh, but uh, those those flights on Sunday were ridiculous. They were yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Priced. I'm sure. <laughs> I think it was like $500 on yeah, Sunday. That ain't worth it, buddy. <laughs> Just stay, stay home. No, no, this is not the... Uh, on paper, not the sexiest of fight cards this weekend. Let's just say that. No, definitely not. Now, let's move on to the next matchup as we've got a matchup that came together. Uh, I'll give you a little story. So last Thursday, I was scheduled to talk to Mario Batista right after this show, literally right after the show was over. And uh, about, about an hour before, they're like, hey, uh, we, need to, uh, we need to cancel the Mario interview. His opponent just pulled out. And uh, he is now taking on Jay Perrin. Uh, the CES Bantamweight champion was scheduled to defend his title next month. Jay steps in. So is Jay Perrin the guy you're paying, you putting your flag in? No, I'm not planting my flag on Jay Perrin just because it's a UFC uh, debut. And, uh, you know, it's extremely inconsistent how people are going to deliver on their debuts. But I will say that he's probably my fourth favorite underdog on the slate. And the reason is, is he's got the unknown factor about him. He's probably going to come in with next to no ownership, which I'll probably double just because there is upside. And the reason there's upside is because he made the move to syndicate MMA outside of, uh, you know, being a long stable of Sid Yotong, uh, ba- uh, Boston, which is a strong camp here in new England. And, uh, in at syndicate MMA, he's had a lot of strong training partners come through Marab Dalashvili, Aljamain Sterling, like a lot of guys just come with good bodies and also good, you know, stable training partners that are there all the time that I'm sure I can go on and on who's there. Um, 
But the one thing that's a little interesting in this matchup and every matchup for Jay Perrin is a lot of people think that he just likes to strike. And if you watch him fight, he strikes well. He has good hands. He His striking defense, he's kind of like there to be hit, which you don't love to see. But um, he's relatively battle-tested on the regional scene, but he he really, really pushes the pace and presses his opponents against the cage. And he goes the grappling and takedown route a lot more than people expect. And uh, we have seen Mario Batista get taken down at times. And, you know, I, I think that there is upside in Batista's aggressiveness coming from a strong camp and, you know, the MMA lab. But in the Jin Susan fight, you did see he gets taken down. Um, and I feel like if Miles Johns incorporated takedowns, that fight would have gone completely different. So Jay Perrin could be a sneaky takedown guy on the card, which will probably have next to no ownership. Um, and I'm okay with getting to a little bit of him. 7,000 flat, uh, you know, 9,200 for Batista. The division where finishes are, are somewhat hard to come by. Perrin's submission defense hasn't been the best throughout his career, but it's something that he has improved on, and he can scramble pretty well. So outside of takedown upside, I still think that Batista gets this done, uh, probably via decision. But, um, you know, like I said, Perrin's a guy that I'll, I'll pay attention to the ownership and, and get a little bit above just because of the the possibility of takedowns. So uh, if anyone wants to check out the interview that I did with Jay, I did an interview about, I would say probably about a month ago at this point, but the first part of the interview is about his decision a year ago to leave the Northeast and head out to Vegas and syndicate. And, and basically just to kind of, uh, you know, sum it up, basically was saying, I need to get around more bodies. I need yeah. to get around more high level UFC type fighters. That was his whole reason. And he's talked about, he says, he goes, look, I've grown a ton. Um, I do think that if Jay is going to win on Saturday, it is because he's able to take the fight to the ground. I think if you tell me this fight plays out on the feet, I do like Mario Batista in this spot. It's a high price tag to pay for Mario Batista. I, I just don't know in a 15 minute decision, if he doesn't have knockdowns, whether he can pay off that 9,200 price tag, but I don't get by getting the Jay Perrin in, in this spot, but um, he's a guy that, uh, if you watching interviews with him, confidence is not an issue. Yeah. <laughs> not an issue that, at all. That's, that's a word for it. Um, yeah. Well, you got, well, you got to use another word that starts with C? Is that what you're going to say? No, nah, I mean, some some guys are just, you know, a little overconfident. But it's good. You got to believe in yourself. And he, he's definitely skilled. Um, and I, I think that the longer this fight goes, Perrin might be able to sneak in some takedowns. But uh Batista is probably going to be a little bit more calculated just because he has been knocked out in his previous fight against Trevin Jones, which that lead uppercut kind of came from nowhere. Perrin is a good striker, but doesn't necessarily pack a significant punch. Um, it would be more of a grinding type of win for Perrin. So uh, I think I, I wouldn't say like fade Batista at any at any point because he has been UFC tested. It's just he might not necessarily score the best in, in comparison to somebody like a, a Jonathan Pierce at 9,300. Next up, we got a match between David Onama and Gabriel Benitez. Eighty-four hundred for David Onama, seventy-eight hundred for Gabriel Benitez. Oh man, I'm seeing Pete's reaction over here. Is is uh, Benitez the guy you you're playing your playing your flag on? Oh no, 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 no I'm just playing I, I, with you, bro. I'm just playing with you. I, I'm telling you what. I, so I thought I was thinking Jim Miller. I was thinking Jay Parrot. I got two other guesses. I, I'm kind of looking down the car, going, "Where's Pete going here with this planting the flag?" And I'm like. There's one of two. There's one of two. Okay. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, you could say one or two because we got what? We just did eight fights, Jason. So there's only three. Well, fights I'm just left. saying there's four fights after this. So you say you're not playing your flag on Benitez. I don't think you're going on the female fights. No, I think I, I, I'm thinking you're going the first fight of the night. That's just my guess. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, what, what's your thoughts here on, on Benitez and the underdog role? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, whenever you see Benitez as an underdog, a uh, guy who's been in the UFC for quite some time, talented striker, really hard kicker, uh, good Muay Thai, um, some sneaky submission upside as well. And just, you know, being UFC tested, it's a guy where it's like, okay, maybe I can get behind him. But when I saw he was fighting David Onama, I was absolutely impressed again, you know, with David Onama's debut against Mason Jones. And Mason Jones is a guy I think that you and I are both pretty high on. I think the entire MMA community is like, and David Onama steps up on short notice in a weight class higher and performs admirably, like lands 90 significant strikes, like pushing the pace against Mason Jones. And I'm like, dude, this kid is legit. And then I start to really dive into his record and, and from amateur career to professional career, James Krause has a guy here, man. He, he really does. James Krause definitely has a talented guy here. And I, I think that David Onama 8,400 is an absolute bargain for Benitez, who has been extremely inconsistent in his past four uh, knockout loss to Sadiq Youssef decision loss to uh, Morales got a nice knockout against Justin James. And then most recently losing a in uh, knockout fashion against Billy Quarantillo. I'm telling you, man, I really like David Onama, but Mowgli Gabriel Benitez has, has proven a lot of people wrong, but throughout his career, 22 amazing wins, 10 defeats, um, hasn't looked the best of late. And I'll tell you what, David Onama looks like a hot prospect within the sport. So David Onama might be a, a stance where maybe the field is just showing a little bit too much respect for Benitez. I really like Onama in the fight. And I think that he has sneaky upside to get multiple finishes, whether it's submissions, TKO, uh, even takedown upside. Like if he, if he wants to, I don't think he's going to go that route, but I just think that he's skilled in all departments. Uh, one of the things I'll note about David Onama, um, he's been with James Krause since day one. So this is one of these guys that has been a part of glory and, and the development of him has been through that gym the entire time there. So uh, I, I know there's some people that maybe uh, aren't as high on, on glory and main fitness as we are, by the way, um, a little, a little note on that. Uh, Grant Dawson, um, left uh glory last week he is now down at american top team him and his fiance l wagman both uh fished up uh last week and got in the car they're now living in coconut creek weird man weird uh, i thought grand dawson was like krauss's guy man and uh he was like an assistant coach there i mean that's that's one of those things of you know um it, that can work one of two ways you know i mean i mean pete we've both had conversation with fighters who have gone to big gyms and <laughs> I think that their expectations and what reality ended up being is that if you're not certain people, you may not always get that one-on-one attention that you may get at a smaller gym. Yeah. But like, yeah. So I, I consider glorious, like becoming a super gym and like you have, you're having like some of the highest caliber fighters wanting to go to glory because you see what James Krause is doing. Like, yeah. American top team has a tremendous amount of bodies. They also have a facility the size of Walmart. So like, you know, <laughs> like you're going to get so many looks, but also with all those looks, you're probably not going to get undivided attention. Whereas like Glory MMA, when you're a stable there, Kraus, you're his guy. I don't know. We don't know the ins and outs. Maybe it's like a move. They just want to live in Florida. Maybe there's gym drama that we probably don't know, which is probably what I would suggest. Um, but all in all, 
good luck to Grant Dawson. I think it's a bad move for his career, though. Yeah, I remember the old American Top Team gym was a massive gym. Then they moved in this 40,000-square-foot yeah. building. It's even more massive. Yeah. They got dorms there for the fighters. Yeah, It's it, out it's, of control. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, move on. Next up, we got a female matchup. Jessica Rose Clark taking on Stephanie Egger. 8,600 for Jessica Rose Clark. 7,600 for Stephanie Egger. Uh, you know, looking at the teletape of this one, the one thing that does stick out is Jessica Rose Clark does have a four-injury disadvantage in this one. I wanted to do it. I wanted to pull the, the trigger on Stephanie Edgar, and I just ultimately can't. Um, I, I think that, you know, she looked good in her previous bout against uh, Shana Young. We, we call that one. I, I like Stephanie Edgar in that matchup. Um, she's a judoka, so she has good sneaky throws. Um, improving jujitsu. I think that, you know, her way of winning fights is getting takedowns, incorporating a little ground and pound, and then capitalizing on when her opponents, you know, make a mistake on the mat. And, uh, that the the box score really it it was a weird stoppage right like she hit her she hit young with a an elbow um she covered up a little bit obviously because elbows do not feel the best and uh you know didn't respond the way that the ref really wanted and i i thought it was somewhat of a uh an early stoppage if i'm being honest so that 104 box score i think i don't know if that's like you know fair to to really put that for that performance um i i feel like in a normal situation against a, a dog of a fighter and jessica rose clark i don't see her having tremendous upside if she does squeak out a win it could be be a decision because judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jessica Rose Clark likes to initiate takedowns, despite being probably the, the better striker in most fights. She closes the distance and likes to put her opponents on the back. Um, we saw that fight against Jocelyn Edwards where, you know, there's moments where, you know, it looks like Jessica Rose Clark is on her way to losing fights and making it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. That's why I was trying to really talk myself into Stephanie Yeager. And then I went back and I watched that Tracy Cortez fight and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I think that Jessica Rose Clark can implement a similar, similar game plan, um, you know, bouncing from CSA to team alpha male, you know, tons of, of good fighters there that can definitely you know, push her in all, you know, areas of a fight, get her ready. I think that Jessica Rose Clark, outside of just having just a, a conditioning collapse, should win this fight. Stephanie Yeager, sneaky jujitsu and, and judo, and a lot of judo, uh, you know, judokas have, have sneaky arm bars. So maybe arm bar from guard, something that it needs to be considered here. But I'll tell you what, despite all the stuff that I wanted to pull the trigger on Stephanie Yeager, I'm going to go with Jessica Rose Clark to, to, you know, get a victory here and just kind of avoid danger and, you know, pick up another victory. Yeah. I want to say that uh, Jessica also spent some time at AKA at one point. Really? 
Oh, she did. You're uh, not AKA, but she worked, uh, she worked with um, Daniel Cormier's wrestling team. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I, I remember him mentioning that on the broadcast and I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. And uh, you know, I, I think that having good offensive takedowns is great and can definitely help her here. And she needs to have good hips in a situation like this, where her opponent, Stephanie Edgar is going to be looking to toss her. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of looking at her, at her Instagram. She's uh, had some posts, her team alpha male CSA, but yeah, I remember that was a while ago that she had done some work. In it. And I know there's actually, there's been a fair amount of people that have gone to Dan Cormier's gym because uh, really they, they know you go to Cormier's gym, you're going to be able to work on that wrestling in that gym. Yeah. They, you know what they do over there. Of course, uh, earlier show, of course, Pete said, I love seeing those winning screenshots. And we want to see you get into the awesome hall of fame. Of course, all you gotta be doing is rocking that awesome avatar on your DFS profile, finishing the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Sweet your wins to add Awesomeo HOF. You win a free month of also Plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year. So kind of go through some of the most recent people. Uh, Timothy taking down first place in two different NBA contests, winning $10,000 in one contest, winning $5,000 in another contest. Congratulations, Timothy, on that. Uh, also in that same contest, uh, Mikey coming in third place, winning 2,500. Kudos to you for taking that one down. Also uh, had another one there, first place over there on FanDuel. Congratulations to uh, DFS New taking that one one down second and third there also uh smoking cutler taking down first place there in a nba contest winning twenty thousand dollars also you had um another first place contest there ten thousand dollars over the nba side of the equation then our guy emac talking about what he's been doing over there as well by the way i'll tell you uh last week i found you know i love playing these multiplier contests over on DraftKings. Yeah. i found a great contest if you want to get in it fifty dollar buy-in only 10 people are in it Top three win $150. Yeah, that's a solid one, man. And I feel like it's not too sharp or not sharp enough. <laughs> yeah, especially the fact of uh, my uh, my cash lineup that had ended up having two losers in it still came in the top three. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> nice I sent a screenshot of the Pete, and Pete's like, oh, man, I need to get all these contests. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, it's, you gotta find those kind of. I will say this: I do think that this week's DFS, I think it's going to be more of the sharp players yeah. who, who understand MMA. Uh, unlike say last week, where you just get a lot of people who are playing various. You know, you maybe they're sitting there saying, "Hey, we want to build our cash roll for for the Super Bowl, whatnot." But uh, this week, I think is going to be is one of those tougher weeks. But yeah, you gotta. I love those multiplier contests. It's a great way to build your bankroll. For sure, for sure, definitely contest selection can definitely help you and and, and turn you into a profitable DFS player. Next up, we got Chaz Scully taking on Mark Striegel. Striegel, 7,500. <laughs> Chaz Scully, 7,500. Your eyes just got wide open, Mark Striegel. I don't know if you're trying to if you're trying to fade me again because this was – I thought it's the other male fight that you're looking at the, the other dog, but I'm, are, are we playing – is the poll going in on this one? Planting the flag, man. Mark Striegel, swear. I'm not even playing. Okay, and uh, hear me out. Now, I, I definitely think that Chaz Skelly is extremely skilled. Comes from a good camp at Sanford MMA, uh, good wrestling, pretty sneaky jiu-jitsu as well. Um, hasn't fought in, in quite some time, hasn't fought since 2019 for no fault of his own. Like, he, he's, had, he's had a match, and then it was oddly canceled, like, I think it, I, as he was walking out, or if I remember correctly, I think it was against Jamal Emmers. Um, but, like, in some of his bouts, he can get out scrambled and out muscled and out positioned. 
and inactivity kills a lot of careers. And uh, I got to tell you that Mark Striegel is a guy that if you look at his box score, he scored one fantasy point against Namaga Madoff. So probably very, very low ownership going to be going towards Mark Striegel, but he's a Sambo, former Sambo champ. He has really good takedowns, really good submissions. Strength of schedule is probably not the same as Chaz Skelly, even though Chaz Skelly has fought a lot of guys who have been in and out in a promotion. Mark Striegel is going to be a guy that I think can pull off the victory here, can you know get in top position, avoid some sticky situations of Chaz Skelly throwing up some submission attempts. I think there's takedown upside. I think that there's ground and pound upside. And I even think that there's possibility of submission upside. Striegel just is a different type, excuse me, different type of grappler. And at 18 and three, you're doing something right. Like when you have 18 victories in the cage, like that's, that's extremely difficult. I don't care if it's against soft, you know, competition or softer competition in other countries. Mark Striegel is going to be a guy that I'm going to be over the field on this week. And he's my underdog of the week to come through and pull off the victory. He's been working a lot with the MMA lab this camp, and he looks like he is in phenomenal shape. I've heard great things about Striegel. I've heard great things from training partners. He's going to pull off the victory here for us at 7,500. At least I'm hoping so. I could be wrong because initially I'm a big Chaz Skelly guy. Takedown, submissions, you know, that's the type of guy I like to target. But I'm telling you, I think Striegel is going to be the guy to, to really just completely throw the slate on its head. Of course, be sure to smash that like button if you like you hear what Pete is saying there. Of course, subscribe to also right here on YouTube. Got shows coming for you all day long. Of course, coming up after us. NHL Strategy Show, we'll try to get through these next two fights because those guys, we start here at the top of the hour. We got Belbiza and DePaulo, A200 for Belbiza, 8,000 for Paulo. Pete, what's your take? Pretty easy. I, I like Belbiza in this fight, 8,200. Um, you know, last week we had Malcuna, 8,000 came through for us, so... It, that really helped out our, our roster construction. I was trying to think about how DePaula can do this. And uh, the more I think about it and the more tape I watch, the more I like Belbita. I like Belbita's aggressiveness, her top control. If she gets top position, her ground and pound and just her ferocity for the division. Yeah. She had, didn't have the most success, but you know, that, that fight against Hannah Goldie showed something that she's able to compete at a, a decently high level. So give me Diana Belbita with some sneaky upside for a finish at 8,200. Yeah, especially when you look at that six strikes land per minute stat for her. Definitely sticks out to you. Then the first fight of the matchup, Chad and, and Gleher, 9,100, taking on Jesse Strader, 7,100. Pete, which take? Um, I was, I think, I think that Strader's going to be a popular underdog this week just because if you look at his, uh, his highlight film, um, and, and some of his other fights, you, you notice that he has some power in his hands. And in Helliger, definitely leaves a lot to be desired for a lot of his film. Um, he can get submitted and he can get controlled. Um, but I, I'm not really impressed with Strader outside of his hands and he has great combinations. He digs to the body, comes upstairs, uh, you know, uh, you know, with fighters that target body shots, it definitely piques your interest because a lot of fighters aren't able to take body shots over and over and over. Strader's going to be a part of my long shot pool, but I just feel like in Helliger will have some of the answers and, uh, I'm still you know, like, it's tough to see that price range and just where the odds are for that fight, but I still favor Ann Helliger. And uh, I think Strader will probably be everybody's go-to this week. They're darling. They're, they're on drage this week to hopefully pull off the upset. And I think some other underdogs could be uh, lost in the shuffle. We'll get the Sam super chat here in a moment. Straight up picks for this one, not DFS related main event. Give me Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill. Uh, give me Dawkins over Pickett. Dawkins. Porter over Boudreaux. Porter. 
I'm going to go Jim Miller in the upset. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Jim. Uh, I'll go Nicholas Mata. I will go Buckley over Al Hassan. I'll go Al Hassan. Give me uh, JSP against Rodriguez. JSP. Uh, Batista against Perrin. But yeah, I'm going Batista. I'll go Batista. Uh, I like David Onama against Benitez. Onama. I uh, will take Jesse Jess against Edgar. Same. I'm I'm gonna play my flag too with you. If you're that confident, I got I got back my guy P. Let's go Striegel. Yeah, I'll go Striegel. Uh, I'll go Belbitza. Belbitza. And Ann Helger. I will take in the opening fight. And Helger as well. Don't love that necessarily from a, a DFS perspective. Uh, Sam, appreciate you in the super chat. Let's try, try to rag these through pretty quick. His over number eight and a half. Less. Yeah, I'm 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 less on that one. Uh, let's top two cash GPPs underdogs. Um, you know, in terms of uh, cash plays for me and GPP, uh, Parker Porter is, is the one that sticks out to me uh, yep. as a top play for me. Porter and Dawkins, I like them equally. Um, I also really like Onama as well. Yeah, underdogs. I think you uh, you know look at Jim Miller, high upside if he does get the win there. Uh, another, I mean, I think a dart throw Jay Perrin if he if he does go to takedown route in that one, I think is someone else to look at in terms of there. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you know fading, um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, the Clark Egger fight will be some a fight that I get too much of though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that's why I got I didn't really get to Egger so much because the likelihood of her finishing Rose Clark is just very minimal. So uh, I could see that fight just being like mediocre for, for DFS production. Yeah. And, you know, mission about leverage plays. I mean, we'll, we'll see kind of how ownership goes, but I think that, I think that's where you got to look at leverage plays. I would say start looking at who are the 9,000 fighters that are just not getting the ownership. Yep. So maybe that could be a Mario Batista, someone like that to potentially look at who, if he can get a stoppage win, goes out there and gets uh becomes a optimal play. Uh, in terms of optimal plays for me, I think you got to look at the Parker Porter fight. Um, Buckley Alhassan, I think is probably more optimal, probably with an Alhassan first round victory. Um, Buckley may have to get a lot of takedowns and a decision when to get out there. Um, in, in terms of another one, and maybe a little bit on a radar, maybe Bell beats at 8200 is someone to pay attention to. Yeah, the, the price is nice on Bell beats, the price is nice on Onama as well. So, all in all, exciting card just because that there's an edge for this one and everyone going forward. Um, we appreciate your support before you guys head out of here. If you can hit that like button, and uh, you know. We will hope for the best for weigh-ins. We don't lose any fights, and we will be back here on Saturday to to break down some more fights for you and uh, see if anything has changed. And, of course, thanks to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Coming up next is the NHL Strategy Shows. Guys, get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. So that's going to do it for the also MMA Strategy Show. We will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.